Hello and welcome to Extra Healthy Debates. I'm Anna Beryl, editor of Healthy Magazine, and today we're joined by Irish food writer, photographer, YouTuber, TV presenter, and one of the hosts of Saturday Kitchen, Donal Skeen, to talk all things food, how his move to sunny California and the LA lifestyle have influenced his health, and the power of meditation. Here's what happened. Welcome to the Healthy Podcast, Donal. Thank you very much. How this are you great. doing today? I'm well. I'm feeling healthy. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, so we're in London today, yeah. but you actually live in California. Yes. How has that influenced your cooking and your life? Um, it's influenced my cooking in the sense that you are exposed to so many different cultures and you're exposed to so many different cuisines. And I think, you know, in a city of 14 million people, you just ha- are constantly bombarded with food. And that really excites me. And it was probably amongst, you know, career and, and climate and all the other things that California has to offer. Food is its biggest, is definitely it's one of its biggest assets. And um, it's definitely changed my approach to, to food. I think we, we cook slightly differently uh, in California. I think you know, we there's a com- a combination of kind of approaches to it. You know, firstly, we we try and cook you know stuff from if we've been to a farmer's market where we didn't have access to an amazing one where we lived at home um, in Ireland. But I mean, there's plenty of great ones, but um, we have one really close to us, and so like you're very aware of like the seasonality and and it's different seasons. Or it's different in terms of the produce you get seasonality wise in California. So um, you know the fantastic oranges and beautiful different uh, ingredients. But I think um, in that sense, it's definitely it's changed our approach. But um, I would say the biggest change to our cooking side of things um, is the fact that we have a nine-month-old child who appeared nine months ago. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you very much. But he has definitely uh, influenced the way we cook because, I mean, it's not just California. It's the fact that our lifestyle has slightly changed and there's a need for food fast and um, recipes need to be cooked a little bit quicker than they did before because not only is it um, my son I have to look after, but it's uh, my hangry wife who uh, yes. suffers very, very badly from hunger. I can sympathise with that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your go-to meals? What are you, what are you cooking? Oh, quick cooking meals, I suppose. Uh, I mean, th- we have the book out at the moment, which is Meals in Minutes, so it's very much, you know, what, what I'm kind of, uh, my, my mindset is in. But I would say, you know, the sort of stuff that, the one pan meals, the one pot, pastas things things that you can you know take a handful of ingredients that you've picked up in this in the shopping market you know or the supermarket and you know you can bring together really quickly so i mean we were talking about this but a, a garlic and lemon uh, rosemary chicken which can be it's basically a pan fried chicken breast yeah. you bung in a load of cherry tomatoes make a quick feast of uh, of a quick make a quick gorgeous tomato sauce and then you've gnocchi thrown in and that's dinner and that you feel really full and you feel really good and everything's and fine. Quick. And it's quick, yeah. You know, not the healthiest of, of recipes, but still homemade and made in less than 15 minutes and you've got dinner to the table. So I think from my point of view, uh, this year has definitely been a bit of a compromise in terms of, you know, what you what you can make in, in a short amount of time versus, you know, maintaining like a healthy, balanced diet and all that sort of stuff and, and finding where the, where the middle ground is there. So we're constantly being bombarded with information about food and nutrition. Yeah being told what to eat and what not to eat. How difficult do you think it is now to navigate that sphere? 
I think, firstly, there is a huge amount more information than on food and, you know, the nutritional breakdown and all that side of things than there ever was before. So, you know, I mean, I think there was, I was reading something about the Harvard University professor talking about coconut oil being yes. the worst thing you yeah. can eat. And, you know, I, I think with everything, it's it's taking a grain, taken with a grain of salt. And I think you have to keep a balanced approach to it. Um, I, you know, I think a Mars bar versus coconut oil, I don't know. I don't know, but it just feels like that, that, you know, I can't really put them in the same category. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, how you navigate it is is your own responsibility and how you, I mean, even this this cookbook, we've put nutritional information. And yes. I was, you know, quite kind of adamant to put it in, even though there was recipes. And we had a, our, our fantastic uh, nutritional uh, dietitian who was looking after it all. And Kerry was coming back to me going, you know that there's more salt in this than blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah. I never think of that when I'm cooking. And so I think in some ways it's good, but it, sh- it shouldn't restrict. And and I think you know if if you're a passionate home cook, you know the sort of recipes. You uh, my my reasoning with it is that you have to keep balance with it. Yeah, you know? it's all and, about moderation. Yeah, it's it's moderation and and moreover, you know, it's I think overall there's there's you know the the frenzy of of food information is one that you have to kind of navigate very carefully and and not to be kind of hyper about it because I think you can get kind of worked up about certain elements of it. But balance, moderation, and and really kind of. Um, um, getting your head around what's important to you is is probably the biggest part. For, and, and from our point of view, you know, from a personal point of view, I find, you know, I mean, at the moment, for example, I'm in London and we're traveling and, you know, it's a bit of madness and, you know, I can't keep track of my food as well as I would yeah. like to. Uh, I'm not cooking my dinner tonight and I didn't cook my breakfast this morning. So you're at the mercy of what you can get your hands on. So I've, over the years of, of doing this is that, you know, I kind of, I put this aside. This is a week where it'll just be madness it's and just that's what fine. will be, will be. Exactly. And, you know, you can make, make good decisions in that, you know, space as much as you can. But when, when I get home and I get the opportunity to cook cook home home cooked meals that's when you can really hone in on it and, and make better decisions but uh, but I think everything moderation everything is balanced and why was it important to include the nutrition in your books why did you make that decision I think it was you know it, going back to what you had mentioned in the, in the first, in that question is that you know there there is that want and need for it and I think you know moreover was to kind of just to bulk out the information that was giving being given in the book and and allowing people to make better food decisions it's going back to that idea of balance and you know if you're if if you know the the chicken uh, with gnocchi and tomatoes if that's like 800 calories maybe you and you've had a very rough week maybe you choose slightly differently and you go for the good greens and uh, marinated feta salad or something else so i mean it it's not to constrict people. If anything, it's to kind of give them a better sense of what they're eating and and really kind of expand out on the recipes that exist. It's the first book I've actually put nutritional information in, and um, and from my own point of view, it's actually a fascinating process just to kind of yeah, to look see at what's, it, yeah, what's in and the be, pro- possibly be a more responsible cook as well. I found you know uh, things like you know because I love soy sauce and I love you know butter and things yeah. like that, and um, you you are you know it, it's quite intriguing to to see you know what that breaks down in terms of like how many tablespoons of salt and you know or how many grams of salt and things like that so I mean it's been it's been interesting but I I do think it it shouldn't stop you you know it should it should be something that is you know is information that you choose if you need it
And how are you finding the LA lifestyle? I love it. I love it um, primarily because it's just such a big city and, you know, we've never really lived in a I mean, I'm from Dublin, which is, you know, and I grew up in outside Dublin. So, you know, the city was kind of, you know, a, a stone's throw away, but it was a small city. So this is just this sprawling metropolis of 14 million people with the most incredible food and cultures. And you have the beach that's like 40 minutes away and the climate. I mean, it's mainly about 25 degrees Please all year round. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to be upsetting anyone who's uh, who, who wants to go on holidays now. But, it, you know, that was kind of part of the reason to, to be there. But on the flip side of that, you know, it's we are 6,000 miles away from home and we have a little son who's, you know, who's not growing up around his family. And he's, yeah, which you know, must we, be hard. it is hard, you know, and we don't have close, like super close friends that you just bung your dog or your baby into. So, you know, we have lovely friends and people who we've, um, we've, you know, spent a lot of time with. But, you know, you, you kind of, that comes with, you know, the people you've grown up with, I think. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, there's there's difficulties and it's you, you fight a little bit harder when you're away from home like that. So um, it has its huge pluses and some, one or two minuses, but, you know, invariably we've we've a lovely lifestyle out there and, um, and, and we get home enough to kind of maintain the relationships and all of that side of things. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you can see how lovely it is, but then you're away from the things that are familiar so it's always always a bit of a pull and as someone who works for themselves um and at home i'm assuming yes um how important is creating a routine for you uh it's probably one of the most important things and actually one of the things that i've kind of only come across recently and probably in the last four or five years I think I ran around like a headless chicken at the at the start of my career and said yes to everything and you know would work till about 12 o'clock most nights and you know be writing at a computer or you know and getting up early to do whatever interview or whatever it might have been or you know finish the book or or the you know go off on a photo shoot or whatever it was so my biggest thing has been to try and find something that's more regular because actually we were filming a TV show um, a couple of years ago and um, like that I'd gone from finishing writing a book doing a TV series straight into another another TV series across the world in Vietnam and then off into uh, like a a nationwide tour in one of these like in all these theatre venues across the, the country in Ireland and by the end of it, you are just exhausted. You yeah, are. How do you not burn out from that? That's it. And I often, I actually think, as I've turned thirty-two, I've no, <laughs> and we have a child. My energy levels are not what they used to be. Yeah. So I think if I was to do any of the things I was doing, possibly now it would be a little trickier. But um, that being said, you know, I think my biggest lesson. Uh, so number one is obviously to have a routine and to try and keep to something uh, regularly, and that comes to diet, and that comes to like meditation or exercise yeah. or whatever you're going to do. Obviously, routine is is one of the most important things, but one of my biggest things, and even next week, um, we've just had a mad run of things, and I've tra- I literally travelled from Los Angeles, got straight, I let, I got in to Dublin at ten o'clock on a Sunday night, and was in studio at seven o'clock the next morning, wow. and we did two weeks worth of filming, and I I don't think I've full I've actually give been been had the opportunity to recover from jet lag so my biggest thing is building in downtime and that was one thing that I really struggled with and you do hit a wall if you don't do that and I think a lot of self-employed people will will relate to this in that you you never feel like you're off or completely off and it's hard to say no of course isn't it but you have to take the work when it comes you know but I think downtime is is key and you know uh even after this kind of mad 
flurry of, of busyness. Um, we, we've a two week break and we haven't had that since uh, since nice. Noah has born. So, yeah, so it's it's building. It's having routine that kind of you have something to check back in with, especially when it's busy. Um, and whether that's running or meditation or yoga or um, whatever you find in your life that you can do on, on a regular basis, I think that's probably the more important thing and, and uh, moreover than having the routine but it's not to beat yourself up if you fall out of it yeah. you, and knowing that you can come back to it at any time I think exactly. that's a, that's a real realisation not adding more, yet more pressure on no, yourself no you, you should not be beating yourself up if you miss a morning run or, or a yoga session or, yeah. or meditation or whatever it might be it's it's to have it and in your back pocket and know that you feel good from it and come back to it when you need to um, but that and recovery time were, are my biggest lessons in the, in the last few years for sure and am I right and thinking that you you meditate yes I do I do I just completed a year of uh, meditating oh, every single day on um, Headspace which is my go-to oh, app oh that's your it. go-to and, yes. and why did you start doing that um, I did it to, because I was a little bit frantic and all over the place and um, and to find a routine and, and the lovely thing about meditation and, and you know I'm not particularly like deep in meditation you know I, 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 I see the value in it and I see the value of stopping in it or stopping in a moment and just mm. taking time because it is that moment of taking a deep breath and and absorbing the situation because how many of us get up in the morning and stumble out of bed go to the shower pull on the jacket and what are out the door exactly it's but all a rush it's too much of a rush and and you know if you are doing, you know, a nine to five job and you have this like constant rush of, of stuff, you know, if you don't step out, whatever job you do in the in the world, you know, it, it is that moment you have to take just to kind of appreciate and, you know, be grateful and, you know, and meditate in the moment and just take take the surroundings as they are rather than like because our brain is the biggest thing it's the hardest thing to switch off and yeah. the benefits of being able to just stop for 10 minutes and take some breaths it's so powerful you never feel worse off from doing it so and it's the same with yoga I'm big into yoga as well and um, this is what happens when you live in LA long enough you know yo- say yoga you meditation the LA dream. <laughs> I know no but actually I was, I've always been interested in yoga and I've done it since I was about 20 and um, it's always um I, I always say like you never feel bad coming out of yeah. anything like that. So, you know, do do what feels good. If it's not if you if you're rolling your eyes at me talking about yoga and meditation, go find Which some. I'm not, by the no, way. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you're not at all. But you know, I'm sure someone who's listening is going, Oh God, that's not for me. But actually, you know, find what's for you. Find if if it's hardcore running, if it's lifting loads of weights, if it's cooking in the kitchen. Exactly. Take it's those what ta- Take you those feel moments. Good. Yeah. What makes you feel good is the most important thing. And just going back to the meditation, how often are you doing that and what kind of benefits are you seeing? Um I would do it once a day and I would do it for about 10 minutes um, generally when I start the day to just to just kind of focus in because I think you can ver- your your mind is like a is like a, one of these um, filters you just it, all your thoughts go in and yeah. literally you have to take the time to kind of just absorb them for a moment and or actually moreover just switch them off for a minute because yeah. it's like <laughs> having too many tabs open on exactly computer, that's totally that's a really good example and I am completely that person who has tw- my, my wife cannot stand watching me work because like if, if I asked her to sit down and like you know have a look at this I will have flicked to about five different things so I'm already oh no, quite frantic so <laughs> I definitely need meditation if you don't that's fine and good for you but I 100% benefit from just taking time to just step down for a moment and and uh, and, and just kind of recenter things a little bit yeah and apart from Headspace are there any other apps you're into um so like I used Headspace as a way of kind of getting into it um but I do a lot of like there's some great you know uh there's some 
great meditation music and stuff I would mm. use on Spotify. But actually, some of the best like times out are to just deep breathe and take those moments without any sort of interaction with any sort of phone or device yeah. or anything. Um, and those moments, like I love, we love being out in the outdoors and we take the dog for a walk. And my biggest, my favourite moment on a walk is like getting to the peak of a mountain or something like that, where you, you take in a view and it's just that big moment of taking in a deep breath and, and enjoying that special time. But I think, you know, it's, yeah, there's nothing to that can't be gained from it. Yeah. And as a family, are you quite into fitness and getting outdoors? We are, I wouldn't say um, like, you know, we're not, we're not gym bunnies at all, but we are very much outdoor people. I mean, Sophie, my wife grew up in Sweden and I grew up in Ireland. So we've always had, you know, outdoor living as, as part of it and in nature and all that side of things. So, um, you know, where we lived in Hoth for, for seven years or eight years, um, we had a house there in du- just north of Dublin and um, beautiful cliff walks and spectacular outdoors, you know. So we, we've always had that. And when we moved to LA, um, the one thing that we really honed into quickly was not the West Hollywood Beverly Hills lifestyle it was up the mountains yeah. with the dog finding beautiful hikes and trails and things like and that and pictures your Instagram feed makes me very unhappy oh. on a Monday morning <laughs> I'm sorry about that I'm sorry about that <laughs> and also as I was saying earlier I'm quite jealous of your dog's life. I know he does. Do, he does live well. I know he was down there yesterday having a great time on the beach without us while we're slogging <laughs> away. We're actually More keeping him in his LA do. life. <laughs> well, I mean, quite. But how do you keep um, yourself grounded in LA, which is notorious for? I, yeah, you get it. A lot of people say that, and I think a lot of people have an opinion of of LA like that. But you know, we're not out there to become actors or to be you know famous in that sense. So I think you know we kind of have sidestepped that sort of. LA a sort of um, a mindset or ideology and you know we live in East LA so it's kind of it's quite residential and family vibes so you know we certainly it's amazing when you kind of take away the perception of what what you know LA yeah. is and I you know you I'm sure you grew up as I did with Baywatch and you yes. know that whole like novelty of what Los <laughs> as Angeles much is. As I would like to say I didn't. Oh d- who didn't watch <laughs> David Hasselhoff come on um, but I, I mean I think it's that kind of thing is that you know you have a perception of the city and when you live there it, it is a little bit different and you can make it whatever you want I mean it's such a huge city that like I mean I go into you know I I go to Beverly Hills once in a blue moon when I'm there so like you know it's very you may it's a beautiful city in the sense that you can make your 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 LA bubble what you want and um and in that way it's 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 quite cool why did you guys move to LA um so two kind of main reasons I I had a food a a show on Food Network which was the main catalyst initially and then uh, my YouTube channel which has like 800,000 or nearly 800,000 subscribers so we found that a lot of them were based out there a lot big of our a big part of our audience were were Californian based oh, actually, they? funnily enough. And also um, a lot of the other kind of YouTube creators were out there as well. And there's a YouTube headquarters in Venice. So it was all, it felt like we were in the right place for, to, to kind of grow that side of the business as well. So it's been, it's been great. And we've actually just filmed a really fun series called Donald Eats LA. And we've been doing pizza, and donuts and ice cream and all those terrible foods. Very healthy. Very unhealthy. <laughs> um, but, and now Korean food. And we're going to do a kind of, actually funnily enough, Speaking of healthy uh, eating, we're that we're planning to do a series called Next Level Human, which is all based on um, you know these kind of fad diets and you know oh, uh, right. bulletproof coffee. We were down at their uh, their bulletproof labs. I was very intrigued oh, wow. by them recently. So uh, you know it's. Um, 
as I said, balance is key to what yeah. I do. And yeah. we're, we're, we're satisfying our YouTube audience with donuts and ice cream and things like that. But, you know, I think at the core of what I do is, is you know, good quality home cooking. And that's always, always what it comes back to. But, you know, a little dalliance into um, lovely donuts on a, on a Friday. Anyone. I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, you know, if you just said you've got a huge YouTube following and social following just in general. And I guess this question is more related to say Instagram than it is to YouTube Mm. Um, but the effects of social media on mental health are constantly in the news you know linking it to anxiety stress depression how do you yourself maintain good mental health when you're kind of living your life through these platforms I think the there's it's twofold because I think you know from my point of view you're in the public domain as well and so you know you're putting out stuff and you you are at the mercy of whoever is going to comment on it and you know we we are lucky that we have a really lovely fan base and lovely community of people who you know who enjoy our content but of course you like anyone you get those those negative comments Mm. and you know when I first started out I took all of it so personally and I really it's of course and like you know when someone comments something like it'd be like if your friends came in and said something to you of course you're going to listen to it and I think over the years I mean that was I mean 10 years ago I think you know when I first started and you know even then it was it was Twitter you know you might get something on 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 Twitter that was negative or or something like that but I think my take on it is the realization and actually we have this viral video um on YouTube for a one pan pasta recipe Mm. and if you want an example of just how insane and how ridiculous these people who do negatively comment on you should read the comment section of that (laughs) and actually it's a very good example of just like how nuts you have to be to write something really negative about someone you don't know and that you know when you kind of settle your mind with like that and kind of understand that most people who are in the right mind and people you should respect do not say negative things about other people online and do not leave a footprint like that and you know that's the bottom line from that side of things but on the other side of it you know the absorption levels we have with 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 social media and that kind of it it is an addictive thing like I mean you know I was laughing I was uh, we were on set last week and you know that we stopped filming for a minute and of course everyone Gets just instantly out. goes on their phone and look and it's an endorphin so, rush yeah. it's that look it's a natural reflex it's now, practically isn't it? like smoking a cigarette it's like you know yeah. I think that's going to be the, the, the epidemic of the you know our, our generation is that like you know it's that release of something or that you know you've given your something you're treating yourself to something when actually it's nonsense and it's the problem is that it's so you know it's constantly regenerating itself so the amount of information we're consuming versus what we would have consumed maybe 20 years ago is incredible like how is your brain able for it so you know we I am of course all over Instagram and all over Facebook and I'm updating this and that and that but I think uh, my mum asked me asked me this the other day and she was like do you think you could step away from it and I could such a mum comment but I love it but but I and my answer is 100% I like you can put it down I can put it down if I know and maybe not maybe a few years ago but if I know we're going to have a really nice family day and this is what we're going to do I'm going to put my phone over there and you know I'll take photos on my big camera and I won't have to worry about touching the phone but you have to kind of you have to make time for it and and like the time you might take to meditate or or exercise you know you do need to cut now in this day and age where it's attached to your bloody hip you need to step back and you do need to create time for not my biggest thing at the moment is 
not to have it in the bedroom. And so I actually okay. plug it outside um, in the kitchen. And so if I have to, if I really need it. You have to physically I get up. I have to up. physically get up. And that's been, that's been a bit of a game changer in it. So isn't that ridiculous that we're having this I conversation? Know, it's terrible <laughs> that you have to do that. I've but, trained yeah. myself not to use an, an inanimate object. I'm seriously object. impressed. Are you? Okay, good, good, yeah. good. <laughs> it's such a hard thing to do now. Um, now you are possibly the most positive and chirpiest person. Right. <laughs> I was going to say in food, but I think maybe that I've ever met. Really? Yes. Oh, maybe that says more about me than you. Um, is that something you consciously work on? No, I mean, or you just like this. I'm generally like this, but I think you know, I, being really straight up and honest with you, you know, I, I think when. This is who I am. This is who I've always been. And I'm generally upbeat and positive and chirpy and all those things. But, you know, I think I'd be lying to you to not say that, you know, I have I have my down days as yeah. much as anyone does. And, and I think, you know, because of the sort of work we do, you know, you're always kind of out there. And so I've learned a little bit more lately to kind of reserve my energy and mm. and you know when we're doing we're obviously this week is all about promoting the book and yeah. you have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more but I think I'm more conscious of downtime than I have been before and I'm certainly I mean my wife has seen the the de- the Jekyll and the Hyde uh, you know of of my kind of upbeatness and I think um you know I, I think everyone has that you know and, and in the world I work in there's huge highs and huge lows yeah. you know you're you're I mean the, even this exact these three weeks that we're I've just filmed two weeks on a TV show we're having a promotion you know we're out promoting a book and so I'm going to be literally every minute of my day is taken up and then we're going on a nice holiday so by the time I get back to LA I'll like hit home I'll be suffering with jet lag there'll be nothing in the house and the baby will be crying and it'll like I can't tell you it will be like back to reality and you know it'll take a few days just to get back up and I've learned that there is that like natural ebb and flow in life and you know and not to kind of I think my wife always gives out that I always want the hot the the tide to be high I always want good times I'm good time Donal basically <laughs> and I think in general it's to try and not be good time Donal or, or try and not realise that there, you can't have good time Donal <laughs> all the time all the time <laughs> and on those down days what resources are you tapping into to kind of lift your mood um, I think all the usual stuff and I think having those routines that we talked about to go back to because knowing like that, like I said that, that time when I get back and I'm suffering with the jet lag and all that those are the moments that if you don't step into something that's regular, a ritual or a routine to come back to that you know feels good, that's when you can go a little bit deeper and darker. And, you know, I, and I think I've learned that the hard way. You know, I've had those kind of darker times after, you know, after being so incredibly busy that you're not only are you burnt out, but you've lost that that kind of spurge of positivity and creativity yeah, and all those things spark. yeah you lost your spark and you know I want to be good time Donal so you know this is <laughs> I this think is everyone thing. does after exactly. this exactly <laughs> you want to be good time Donal yes too? I do am I talking about oh god I'm talking about my first stuff the we've got to that point yeah um, and we can't not have a conversation without talking about Saturday Kitchen yes yeah what great an amazing fun. gig to be involved with amazing and I'm still like you know I I, I was doing it recently and the, the moment of it's now become like I've I'm used to it now whereas when I did it for the first time I was like terrified of but it but where do you find that confidence from because you couldn't tell Re- okay well that's yeah. good it's definitely um, a duck on water I'm looking pristine on top and then like legs are paddling like hell underneath and um, and I think that's always the way when you're doing live television I'm, I mean I'd say there's very few hosts that haven't 
started out like that. There's very few people who'll drop into a, you know, two hours live in yeah. front, on a BBC audience that who that you just do it quite naturally. So um, I love doing it. You know, it's a really great show to do. I'd love to do it more, but I mean, we're in LA, so it's just, you know, it's logistical. It's, yeah, the commute is a little bit tricky. So <laughs> not really um, <laughs> something you want to do on a Monday morning. No, no, but it's a great show to do. And the, the team who work on that, are they're absolutely fantastic. And they're so, I mean, so knowledgeable about food. You get the most incredible guests. I mean, one, one of my food heroes, Donna Hay, came on. And, amazing. Uh, we've had some amazing guests. And uh, the odd time, Michelle Rue Jr. pops into the studio because he's just there. And, and I'm just like, there. I mean, oh, hi, Michelle Rue. Junior, hi, hi. Acting very casual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's opened so many doors, and I'm forever thankful that uh, to to Amanda Ross who who really took a chance on me. And um, yeah, but it's it's great, and it's, it's such a such an experience to be able to do it, and it really rounds out as a TV host. It really rounds out your capabilities, I suppose. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Lovely. That was the lovely Donal Skeen, and make sure you check out his new book, Meals in Minutes. Now I'm joined by our producer, Jack Feeney. Hey. Uh, well, Donal really is living the California dream, isn't he? Yeah, I I was one of those people that checked out, obviously, all of his social media profiles before um, I sort of like learned a little bit more about him. And seeing all of those like super positive images um, was one it, like you never know whether to believe it or not. You never know whether somebody is yeah. actually living the dream or whatever. Good and, time donor. Yeah, good time donor, as he uh, is now known in the healthy office. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting what he was talking about with regards to, you know, while a lot of his life is like that, he still has those dark days like everybody else does. Um, and obviously in the last issue of Healthy, we were talking about the influence that social media has on um, people's mental health. And so while it's really easy to think that someone's life is exactly how they portray it on social media, that he is still grounded and he still does have yeah. those dark days and he still does have those, you know, times where he just needs to go and be with himself, be with his family, be on his own and not out on, you know, some amazing mountain somewhere taking selfies. <laughs> and also it was very interesting how he was saying, you know, he can also leave his phone at home he can you know leave his phone outside his bedroom yeah because we always think I mean especially with Donald because he's so big on social media that he's living his life through it and mm. he's not mm. which yeah. I think he's created this very healthy way of of using social media and living through it yeah exactly um and I liked what he said as well about like the importance of switching it off f switching off from everything yeah. as well um, cause like, as you, as you put it well, you know, sometimes it's really easy to just leave all those tabs open in your life. Exactly. Um, but sometimes you do need to ha give yourself that mental space to just sit down, relax and, um, just the importance of kind of like looking after yourself by yourself. And meditation seems to be quite key for him as well. He seemed, yeah. he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's quite easy to be cynical about meditation, especially for someone who lives in California and like Orange County and has like and this having, incredible And having, you know, life. his yuzu coffee spritzes and what have you. <laughs> yeah, and his like freshly squeezed like orange juice that's with with oranges that have been picked from his tree in the back garden or something. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it, it does just show you that the time that you have by yourself is as important as the time you have where you're out in the great outdoors and experiencing all of like the wonderful scenery that he has access to. Um but even when you do have that on your on your doorstep, it isn't the most important thing. Sometimes the most important thing is just kind of, you know, being with yourself. 
Yeah, and his lovely family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing I liked that he brought up was talking about the importance of of having a routine because obviously he's self-employed yes so making sure that he manages his diary correctly and making sure that like everything from getting up and having breakfast on time to make sure that he's at studio on time and make sure he delivers his lines in between breaks on tv shows yeah like, and i think also having that distinction between your home and where you're working is so important yes Especially Absolutely. if you're working from home, essentially, yeah. which is what Donal's doing, even though yeah. he's, you know, traveling around and doing his TV shows and whatnot. Yeah. But having that space so that when you leave the office, you're leaving everything there. You're not kind of having this intertwined life. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for, you know, anyone in any job to bring work home with them. Um, and, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you are too. That, like, I don't know what you mean, Jack. <laughs> um, but, you know, when when you kind of get stuck in the zone of constantly being in work mode, it's, it's never good for anyone's health. And, you know, there's nothing more important for yourself, but then also those around you and, and those who have got to spend time with you is important to kind of disconnect from, you know, your work lifestyle and make sure that when you're at home, you kind of are there with the people in the moment rather than sort of, you know, stuck in your head when like when you're stuck in your head still at work. So yeah, definitely. Yes, but yeah, I mean, overall, he was a a really great guest, and um, I think you know, other than I, I thought with this interview, I was going to be learning a lot more about food, but actually, I learned a lot more about lifestyle, and he gave plenty of tips for me to sort of take away with that. So that was great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Extra Healthy Debates, and remember to make sure you don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if we put you in an extra good mood, share the love with a review and a five-star rating. See you next time.